Hello and welcome to episode two of Filling in the Gaps. I am Justin. I'm Sam. And uh, today we are going to be discussing a game that we both enjoyed called the Talos Principle. Essentially, this game for me was uh, recommended by a YouTube channel I watch called Extra Credits, in which they talked about if you really like Portal and you need something to scratch that itch, this is the game to play. It is a puzzle game with a bit of a story. I'm going to say a bit. I think you and I may disagree a bit on that one, but that is essentially what what the game is. It's not Portal, but it has some kind of similar mechanic and puzzle style. Let's talk, actually, let's talk about the story first a bit. Yeah, because I, I honestly feel like that's the thing to talk about the least because I think there's not, they give the illusion of a bigger story, but I don't feel like the story is really there. Mm. Um, But the story essentially of the Talos Principle is you are a, I guess, android? Would that be the... A con- yeah, I mean, a consciousness inside a inside a robot that's set free to try and solve some puzzles. Solve some puzzles to prove your worth. But I guess it's more than that. It's all about for me anyway. It wasn't just the puzzle solving. In fact, that might have just been secondary to the story. We're playing it for the puzzles, but the android is playing it not for the puzzles really, but for the interaction with the terminal. Learning about the story, it was about his choices of how he chose to respond to each thing. And he was trying to prove his humanity. So that was the story part of it, I, th- I think. But for us, we're just there to enjoy the puzzles, really. Yeah. Right. Spoilers. There's going to be nothing yeah. but spoilers. This is a puzzle game. Right off the bat, if you've not played it, we both recommend it. Play it. All right. So you've been warned. Spoilers. Spoilers. Ahead. So we have uh, a story where essentially you wake up in the world and you don't know what you are and you Mm -hmm. can kind of look down and see your hands and realize they're not human hands and there is a voice that talks to you so you know i'm trying to remember because we've just recently both played the dlc road to Gehenna. so is that voice elohim yep okay so the voice kind of explains to you what you're there for to prove that you are quote unquote human Mm -hmm. though that has some implications as well um, and then throughout the game, the only voice you ever hear is Elohim. And the rest of the communication and story is all done through computer terminals that you encounter along the way. And the, the tapes from the, uh, the woman, the doctor. Oh, yeah, I forgot about those. Yeah. 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 Uh, which you just find those at random, right? Those are just computer programs that are like glitchy kind of things that you walk into and then it activates them and then that gives you the actual doctor's voice and that's she's the one that really pushes the a lot of the the story forward because well again yeah spoilers but the world is ending pretty much that's the that's the whole point of the game isn't it well but the world has ended well the world well for humans for humans yeah and so They've been struck by some kind of virus. They're trying to upload their consciousness into uh, robots and um, live on kind of eternally, like downloading themselves onto the internet, kind of, I guess. See, and that's the part where I got confused. I'm not sure if they're downloading themselves, but they're trying to create a humanity, someone that was quote-unquote human in Mm -hmm. thinking and rationale. So that at least our way of thinking could continue on. The high goal of the research of that woman was to save their own minds. But I think that failed. Again, this is where the story is quite hard for me to follow as well. Yes. It's like 
because by the end of it you're like well who even am i am i one of those researchers because you wake up it's the research lab where you wake up in the end as, as a robot when you're freed but yeah i was kind of confused was it the consciousness of the people uploaded but i think they make it quite cl clear in the game that they failed at that and so like what you've said is oh so this was plan b plan b is okay if we can't get ourselves in there then let's just try and make something that's similar or like that that reflects humanity yeah okay it also uh, well the game tends to give us a lot of philosophical ideas as well and some stories to reflect their thinking which you really liked sometimes i felt it was just muddying the waters and confusing me a bit more as far as the story that we already were debating as to what was actually going on yeah yeah um but you really enjoyed that so i, I liked i liked especially in the dlc which we'll talk about later um yeah i, th I felt like the the terminal interaction was kind of kind of fun it's also maybe a reason for a second playthrough because i know that there are ways that you can break the system and you can like trick elohim at one point and i didn't figure out how to do that i, I didn't manage to, to do that but uh, there's a there's an achievement where you can you basically crush him with his own logic oh uh, i never got that anyway. i didn't do that either yeah. that, that's kind of the sad thing we were playing at the same time and oftentimes watching each other play through steam but when it came to the terminal stuff, we often were doing that alone and making the same choices. Yeah. And we but, were thinking way too similarly. But on the DLC, we did do the opposite, didn't we? We, we, we learned. You said, yeah. I did this, you try this. And it was kind of... Let's uh, see if we get something different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. One thing for me about the story, I do like stories, especially in games. It makes sense to wake up and you don't know what's going on so that you can be learning along with your character. This is one of those ideal times where it makes sense that that's happening. One of the things that I didn't like, though, in that beginning part was I felt completely lost and I didn't know where I was supposed to go. And even right from the beginning, you're given choices of where to go. This is one, it, it's going to be very hard for me to talk about this game without talking about Portal because yeah. I feel like this, this is good. And I would probably think, oh, this is one of the most amazing games ever if Portal and Portal 2 did not exist. Just the idea in Portal where they took you specifically through a very linear, most of the game is very linear. But I think for that game in particular, that works. That allows them to take you to level up your knowledge in a way that makes sense and kind of scaffolds you in your knowledge throughout. Whereas sometimes in this one, there was so much freedom, you could easily choose levels that did things you hadn't been taught yet. Yeah, I think so. I, I would agree with that. I think it's, I mean, we both love Portal. That's, that's one thing we definitely agree on. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite puzzle games too. And Portal is good in the sense that it, it does give you the baby steps that you need. And then by the time it's taught you everything that you need to know, then the puzzles go crazy and it's like, well, now you figure it out. We've, you, but you know everything. Whereas in Talos, there's definitely some things like, and this, this is what I liked about Talos as well, because I do like, as long as the leap of logic isn't too far, um, I do like it when, when I say to myself, like, I wonder if I could do this. And then I try it and then it works. And it's like, wow, oh, I can do that. It's like, okay, this opens up a whole new thing. And it's kind of rewarding, more rewarding than Portal in that sense, because it's like you're making that judgment call and making that kind of uh, logical assumption about what's what you can and can't do. I think that's kind of the joy of the exploration, 
the portal didn't have because it was so linear. This game definitely has exploration, which leads into especially the stars, which we'll have to talk about later. But the one last thing I, I wanted to talk about the story is just that, as we both said, that we were a bit confused about what was going on. We weren't really sure what was going on. But that includes even into the ending. Yeah. Uh, we were both a bit confused as to exactly what was going on and exactly what that would mean. And maybe that's for the best. I don't know. It could be, or maybe maybe I just didn't understand the story. But, I mean, the over, overall story is there's two sides, and it, it's the Garden of of one the garden of good and evil i guess isn't it it's that you've got the shepherd on one point and then you've got ezekiel on the other what's the other guy's name but yeah the shepherd wants you to escape and the other robot wants you to to stay and eventually you got to make that choice because the thing was you are not the only consciousness here and if we leave we might destroy everything and everyone that is there so throughout the game you're kind of confused purposely i think they want you to be a bit confused as to whether you're doing the right thing or not but i think that the end level with the way that that happened the absolute end level Mm. uh at the top of the tower shows that we don't have a choice the only choice you have is to stop playing the game well you do have you have the choice to walk through the doors in the church and that ends the game also yeah that that is true that's if you take elohim's offer then that's it, game over, you get an ending, and it's like, oh, you could actually attempt the tower and do that, I think, could you? Yeah, because you just need to you just need the, the, solve every... Yeah, you don't, it's not the, that's not the stars. Yeah, you, you need the stars to climb the tower, that's right. So you could actually play the whole game obeying Elohim, which is kind of cool in a sense, like just being the good robot, going through the doors, and then you could think, oh, I'm finished, but actually there's, so, there's like double the game left to play. Honestly, if I hadn't been playing with you at the same time the difficulty of the stars yeah. i would have taken that ending and just well i mean so that was good <laughs> the thing is with the stars even for me and i i do like exploring and because I, I didn't even know what the stars were i saw them on my screen but like the little icon i was like yeah. what even are these things i can't find them and it wasn't until we'd completed the whole first world that i found a star in the next level it was the one i sent you the picture of with the when you drain the the water and there's like the, the thing yeah, going down. Yeah, but you found that. That's well. That's one thing that I I meant to bring up, but I didn't. Part of the story is also enhanced a bit by barcodes that when you look at you can see. Yeah, the QR codes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, sorry, QR codes. QR codes. So you see those, and people leave messages, and you can leave messages. Though I saw one that you left, but we could never recreate that again. So that that was kind of nice because that was these other consciousnesses kind of leaving little notes yeah which did add a bit to the story but that was the one that you looked up the qr you actually used your phone right to read the qr code yeah because it was it was the only one that was different because all the other ones when your robot looks at the qr codes it comes up in english you're like bloop and then it tells you the translation but this one you look at it but nothing happens so i was like okay what if this is a real qr code and i have to do it manually because again from last episode we had all these amazing investigation skills from uh, Black Watchmen. So I was still kind of in Black Watchmen mode. So I decided to look outside the game for the answer. And sure enough, there was the answer. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. But again, if you've never played Black Watchmen or one of those types of puzzle games, you might be you might be looking for something that's self-contained. Yes, and, but at the time you were really irritated because that was something that was yeah. not within the game. Yeah, yeah. 
because everything else, I had this thing where I remember. Remember, I was always like, "This game is flawless. Yes. This game is flawless. This is the this is the beauty of it. It's it's the it's the golden circle." There there were times where I was convinced that there was a glitch because I couldn't do something, and you no no, it's flawless. It's perfect. And it, I still believe that it is. It's not flawless in the DLC, which is uh, something I want to talk about later mm. when we talk about that. But yeah, as far as the Talos principle goes, everything is there for a reason, and it's, it's beautiful. Well, let's talk about the mechanics. So as far as mechanics, I started writing it down, and the list got longer and longer. Essentially, you were dealing with, I think, four enemies. I said there's the, obviously, the mines that blow you up, yep. kind of floating mines that blow you up. The turrets, which yep. will shoot you. These are the obvious enemies, but there's also electric mines, which don't really kill you. Uh, but they often get in your way. And there's purple gates, which will stop you from taking anything to certain areas where you desperately need them. And then as far as tools, that's where I went, oh, there's actually quite a lot of tools in this game. So there's the connectors where you're connecting essentially the blue light beams and red light beams. You've got jammers, which can take down the blue walls and stop mines and stop guns and... Jam things, generally. They're essentially one of my favorite parts of the game when I found that and Mm. realized how much it could do. There is a time recorder, which you earn the ability for later. There is a carrying plate, which essentially is just part of the time recorder because I don't think we ever used it at a time. You can't use it without, yeah. (laughs) Uh, There's the power source for the lights. There's the cube, though they... Chris call it the tetrahecadecan or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Not, it, not the cube. We will not be the companion cube. <laughs> we'll be continually calling it the cube because I can never remember that word exactly. There are the fans and the fan blades and eventually an axe. Yes, the axe, yeah. yeah. So, oh God, these... The axe. <laughs> the tower part, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. but there's also just some really... Um, frustrating things with the axe because sometimes you drop it and forget where you left it. Well, at least I did. Yeah. And then have to go find it again. Or reset everything. Reset everything. Yeah. That is one thing. So some of the levels you might get stuck. Yeah. Um, which that's one thing about this game and the exploration is that if you get really stuck and frustrated, you can move on and try a different one and then come back again later. Mm-hmm. That is both, for me, good and bad, because then I'm much more likely to get frustrated easily and move on to something else. Whereas, if I have no choice, I'm going to stick with that one longer. So it's kind of hit or miss for me, but I do like that option sometimes. And the fact that they, they labeled sections with signs so that you would know which ones you haven't done yet and which one you have... That made it much easier to keep going. I would have been really struggling if they hadn't done that. Yeah, the, the, the little signs that tell you the stars that you found, the, the sigils that you need to collect. Yeah, that was a, a lifesaver for sure. One of the most important things that you have to do, because you have to do this very early on, is use the connectors with the light sources. And it works really well. It has a tremendous range, as you find in the game. It's it's virtually unlimited. Uh, But I found that a lot of times the levels they had us 
doing, especially later on in the game, were very fiddly. Like you had to have the connectors in exactly the right spot. And sometimes I would have the right solution, but just be off by a tiny fraction. And I would watch you do your level and go, oh, you mean I have it right. It's just a tiny bit off. And that bothered me a lot. Yeah, I think, well, I watched some, in preparation for this, I watched some walkthroughs of some of the levels that I didn't like, that I thought were too hard. And what they've got is completely different from what I've got and completely different from what you've got. And we're definitely talking about the crater later on. But that was one of them. I solved it differently and then I was helping you solve it and you saw something that I completely missed and was like, oh yeah, that's actually a lot easier than what I had planned because you circumvented a whole section of my, of my of, of what I did. Like you, you just completely skipped three or four steps of mine with yours and it took you straight to the answer. I was like, oh man, I'm so dumb. You actually did a much better solution. And then on the walkthroughs, they had another solution. So it's like, yeah, maybe we were both thinking the same because maybe that's the most obvious for some of those puzzles. And it's like, yeah, just a fraction of a centimeter off to get past that wall. But if you watch another walkthrough, we're looking at it the completely wrong way. And it's actually... There's a much easier solution. There's a solution. much easier solution. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that that is one of the strengths of the game is that there are multiple solutions yeah. to... Um, I'm not really sure what else to talk about the like the other tools, the other mechanics. I mean, they kind of work as they do. I think maybe you found the time recorder to be the most frustrating. I didn't. I mean, I I liked it as a as a as a tool, but it was the hardest for me to use because I just couldn't wrap my head around it a lot of times. Um, because you have to think about okay, as this. Well, we should explain this timer. So you hit a button on the computer. It creates a digital copy of yourself. So everything you do now, when you hit play, there's a ghost that will be doing essentially the same thing. And so your character can then work with that ghost as a team to get to your goal. But for me, that was just mind melting at some points because some of those levels were hard with those things. So it's essentially you working with your past self yeah. to get a goal done. I have seen this mechanic before, and I think that might be part of the reason why I've... Because you were really good at those. <laughs> yeah. There's a series on the PlayStation called Ratchet and Clank. Like the PS3 games that they had for that, they had that mechanic. They had a very similar mechanic where you had to say, uh, there are two buttons that need to be pushed. So you need to create a past self to step on the button, and then you step on the button, and then right. the door opens. So very similar to what we were mm -hmm. doing here just this was a bit more complicated and a bit more evolved because there are a lot more things that you can play around with uh, because there are so many different tools that work different ways and do different things so you can use the jammer to open a purple gate sometimes but you could also use the connectors once you've opened it up and then take the jammer to use it somewhere else yeah and i love the fact that within the puzzle you're using, they basically have, my, my assumption is that they made a level, they designed a level and then thought, okay, that's the easy way. What can we take away to make it more challenging? Yeah. And what can we take <laughs> away to make it more challenging? Until they came down to the bare minimum of what you would absolutely need to get through a level. 
It's just mean. <laughs> uh, but that's the other thing as well that's actually genius about the 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 ghost levels is you get ghosts of every single object that's in that room as well. So you yes. you've got double you've got a jammer and a ghost jammer, a connector, a ghost connector. And some of those levels, there was one level that had maybe two fans, two connectors, two jammers. You know, so that's now you've got twelve items that you can possibly use. It's just oh, yeah. it's very sore on my head well the the problem with those levels is that yes you have all those things but you only have them while your playback is going so once if you mess up excuse mess up you have to reset and that doesn't just reset that room it resets the whole world section like the c world yeah. right or b world so that can be very very frustrating when you get trapped somewhere and you go, oh, I made one tiny mistake and now I need to start over. The other part of this was recording. Sometimes I would be recording and put myself on a button so I knew the button was there. And just sitting there for two minutes, waiting. Two minutes is a long time. <laughs> when you're just sitting there doing nothing. And it's the type of thing where if we're both online at the same time, I'd want to send you a message. But that stops the timer. So, <laughs> like, oh, well, I could use this two minutes to send you a message. Oh, no, that doesn't actually work. Yeah, no, that's a shame. But I, I enjoyed that a lot. It was taking a mechanic I'd seen before, but taking it to another level. And that worked well. I actually would have liked to have seen more of it. I don't think you would have, but I would have liked to have seen more of it because I thought that it worked really well. One problem I had was I felt that a lot of times the mechanics weren't taught to us basically full stop they didn't really teach us how to use these things again we've mentioned already that you can do multiple methods of solving a puzzle and there was one i forget what it's called but you essentially there's an electric mine and there's a bunch of turrets ready to shoot you and it was driving you crazy oh uh, <clears throat> it was called like death valley or something like that yeah, yeah. for me this was simple because i picked up the cube I didn't know what to do. I just happened to be near the electric mine and the option to put it on top happened. So for me, this was incredibly easy. And I went, how can it be so difficult for you? But then you found a totally different solution where you somehow stole something and like put it up and carried it over. Yeah. And But the problem was then there are other levels where you there is no other solution other than to know that you can put stuff on top of the electric mine. And sometimes not being taught those things, I felt was a real weakness to the game. The putting stuff on top was quite a, yeah, that's quite a jump. But again, though, if you're on a platform already and there's a mine below you, it's like the, it, the highlights on top of it that you can place the box there. So even if you're just standing there going, what am I supposed to be doing? And then you see the little orange highlighter thing and say oh i can put that there okay but on that level i was on the ground and i wasn't really angled up looking at the top of the mine right. so yeah i never thought to do that but yeah what i did was i climbed the ladder and then i realized that if you edge forward just enough you can grab the cube and pick it up so and then that was when the whole stealing thing happened which is actually really important in the game there's a lot of levels where you need to take things because you've got one large world and then you've got gateways into multiple. So you've got uh, level one, two, three, four, five. But you've got 
connectors and light beams in the main hub, but no, no items. So we were both thinking like, what are we supposed to do? Like how, how are we supposed to even do these? If it's, it's impossible. Then you find out like those highlight things are actually really important for the jumping, especially it's like, oh yeah, I can jump up here. Then that means I can steal this connector. Oh, what happens now? Then when we found out you could shoot the laser beams through the purple doors. Well, you found that I did never, I never, I was struggling with a very simple one for ages. Because I found that one out in the Egypt level because they were directly opposite each other. There was a beam and there was a connector. And it's like, oh, can I fire that through there? Yep. But these are all in relation to the stars, getting the stars. You wouldn't need that yeah. if it weren't for the stars. Uh, but that's the thing with the stars. I, I felt that the, it took a game into a new meta level where it was, we've given you these levels and you're used to, I, I there are Easter eggs in it that definitely relate to Portal. So I think that they definitely were making this for people with Portal in mind and going, well, you know what Portal is like. You know that unless the game tells you you can break out of the room, you can't. So here is your room. But then says, well, but what if it wasn't like that? And what if you could break the game and sneak stuff around? And so it takes that kind of mentality and it basically encourages you to try to break the game as much as possible. Can you steal stuff and use it elsewhere? And that to me was really mind blowing when I realized what was going on the first time. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. It also allowed them to use the full range of a lot of areas. So even essentially what would be hallways between rooms became vitally important. Yeah. And connecting things from one room to another became important. So you had to start expanding your thinking from each individual room to the overall area. And how much can we break the game? Or how how far have they taken this? And we were often looking at stuff towards the end going, I think there's a star around here somewhere. How can we get it? Definitely. Whereas in the beginning, we, we were not thinking about that at all. I, I was just thinking room by room and I'm just trying to get the sigils. And maybe this was part of the, the thinking behind it was that if they made the stars too easy from the beginning, then you would complete, you could complete the game essentially just in tandem and the stars wouldn't really mean anything. So yeah, I think I got my first star in the in the Egyptian world actually. And then I went back to the Greek the Greek one because I didn't even really know that they existed until I think there's one point where you can you can maybe see them in the Egyptian world easier. They're more on display. There's like Well, there's one level there's one where right there. It's, it's right in the behind, middle of a behind a cage. Yeah. yeah. And there's, but there's and right in the middle of a puzzle. It's just sitting there and makes I, you go, what is that? And thing? you've got blue light sources all around you, but to open the cage is a red one. And you're like, well, that's impossible. No, it's not. It's just over there. It's out of the room in another room. But I mean, that's, that's kind of cool. So you can complete the game with no stars, get an ending, which is a decent ending. That's when you go up to heaven and everything is yeah. great. You, you and Elohim just live there forever. But yeah, if you're more inquisitive, like Shepard was, then you start to look for the stars and climb the tower and question God, essentially. Can I say, though, some of the stars were a bit ridiculous. Oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> In particular, I think you know the one I'm going to talk about. There are quite a few. Wh which was the hardest one to get? Not, me, me not mentally. I know. I think I know what you're going to say. Axe and tower. That one? See, I don't remember any of the names. Okay, so Justin, you know I've got this hobby which is jumping off of buildings in games. Not in real life, but I must have jumped off that tower about 150 times. And it was so much fun. And there's a... There's, there's... So we're talking about the main tower in, that you're not supposed to climb. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so you were looking down and jumping and jumping. Yeah, it was... Well, we were like just like... Every time I looked at your screen, you were jumping again. Because <laughs> it is. It's a lot of fun. I mean, I haven't had that much fun jumping off a building since like Prototype. Uh, it was it was good, good fun. Um, but yeah, so there's a star in the back of that tower. And so we were going up, we were using the the ghost, the time machine thing to create copies of ourselves, jump out the window, get this thing lined up. It was just impossible. But then at the end of the, end of the day was I was circling the tower. You were watching my broadcast on Steam and then you're like, whoa, what's that? And I was like, I'm looking at it and it's like there was a thing we needed to break. It was so simple. It was, we didn't need to jump off anything. nothing. We were solving puzzles like 10 times more difficult just to get this one star. Whereas it was just break this down, set up the connector that's already there and then open the door and get the star. It was five minutes yeah. to get the axe and to set it up. Which just surprised me because you're the one so good about... If there was any I couldn't find because I just had no clue where it was, you explore everything all the time. You're finding all the Easter eggs. Yet we didn't see what is <laughs> painfully obvious once you know that it's there. The, the, the wooden boards that... Basically, we needed with the axe, right? Mm-hmm. So that we didn't need to keep jumping off the off the tower. You're like, oh, yeah. it's right there. It was so obvious. But that's actually not the one okay. I was referring to. The one I was referring to is the one that you kept calling the um, goat trail that you had oh. to jump. See? Yeah, see? That is the one because that's not about mental. It's not about finding anything. That was about one of the few times where really bad design I would say like so one of the great things you've mentioned already is that if you can jump somewhere it gets highlighted with these footprints and that was a fantastic mechanic because it's one of the things I hate about anytime you're in first person and they try to get you to do platform jump yeah yeah and you randomly found this spot where you could jump but it's on this tiny little like pole and then you have to turn around and jump back up onto the mountain but both of those seem nearly impossible <laughs> and it took me about 40 minutes yeah to it get t- that. It t- I-, I was ready to give up on that because of my whole everything in this game is perfect that was the only time that it wasn't perfect for me because you can jump into the back of that level the whole reason i got there was because there was a box inside that level and i jumped into there but you're blocked by a, a gateway and so you have you, you have to die or restart because there's, there's nothing you can do and then one time when i was trying to jump into that i got stuck on the pole like a ninja you know i'm b- balancing on this like four inch little circle and then i was like what well, if i could jump up there and then i tried it and i tried it and i did make i was almost there almost there but then i started this i stopped about i stopped because i was thinking that's nah, too difficult they would, they, they would make it easier. Everything happens for a reason in this game. And this is too much trial and error. It's, it's not it's not concrete enough. But eventually I got it. And then after that, it's pretty easy. But yeah, that was that's the only minor niggle that I've got with the whole game. And that's a small one. Yeah. No, it wasn't a small one at the time. No, it wasn't. I was, I was, I was very fr- if It was frustrating. you had not told me it was possible, if you had not shown me how to do to find that star i that, that's again that's another time where i never would have gone through i would have assumed no i had that idea i tried a few times i wouldn't have tried it for 40 minutes yeah just in case it was something i so. put i maybe didn't take that long for me but, but um, the, this is where your dedication proves worthwhile in a game like this because you find <laughs> things that i give up on a lot of times i go oh i tried that yeah i probably tried it once but didn't do it the right way yeah, and then perfect. just assumed that i was wrong no that's an easy 
thing to do to get caught up in like yeah um, i've tried it even if you try it five times i mean i'm sure i tried that jump 10 times at least before i got it and if i just said okay after 10 i'm giving up then yeah we, we both wouldn't have got it there were some nice easter eggs as well uh, i don't know how much we want to talk about that because they're they just are what they are but the one i guess the thing that got me the most was that statue that you started to yep. find pieces for and then wanted to put together and i never randomly saw any of those pieces so i don't know how you saw that one in the there's a similar thing in the dlc dlc yeah but it was much much more obvious because it was in color whereas the statue that you found in the first like the original game was like stone Stone. right so it looked like all the stone that was all around gray stone hidden in gray stone but what i found was interesting is that there's at least one sort of Easter egg that still has us stumped, and that is the underwater giant head that I don't think we ever quite figured out what we're supposed I, to do with that. Yeah, I have no idea what that was yeah. at all. So even though we have done quite a lot of the game and you've explored a ton of the game, there are still things that we don't know. We don't know everything yeah. right, without looking it up. So maybe we should look that up. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> But now the Easter eggs were cool. I mean, I I don't know why we were talking about this earlier. I don't really know why companies put them in anyway. I mean, I guess they're a bit of fun for them to maybe say hi to their friends. Is that, is that what it is? I don't know why they would put them in. Like Possibly. I think part of it too is to give people like you that explore everything a kind of reward, reward. for exploring everything. Whereas I'm much more the type of player that I want to get through this game because I have a backlog on Steam that's ridiculous. So I... I have more games to play, so I want to get through it. Unless I'm absolutely loving everything about it, Easter eggs don't do much for me. They're nice when they're there. They're nice when they're easy to find. Like, for example, a game I played on the, I think it was the PS2 called Blood Rain. There is a part where I just happened to find, essentially, you're, you're a vampire, and it's Nazi times. And there's a part where I'm breaking open crates and, and exploring a little bit just to see what I could find. And there's the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. But it was just there. You know, it wasn't... I didn't have to do what some of the Easter eggs for this one you have to do, where you have to really go looking for them. And sometimes do interesting things to find them. You know? And yeah, sometimes are a bit weird. So once you actually got the statue together... I don't, do we want to spoil what happens when the statue actually well, is put together? Well, we've already said there were spoilers, but yeah. yeah. Again, I, I don't even know what that's from. I have no idea. So you were like, I don't even know what this is. I looked at the pieces and it went, I think it's like a Colossus or like, yeah. you know, like Some a Cyclops, kind of right? monster or something. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm pretty sure like we're in the Greek area. I'm pretty sure that that's what it's going to be. As you know, I think it was a Cyclops in the end, right? Yeah. But <laughs> when you put it together, <laughs> it, it started to fly in the air. and It then... just launches into the air and then explodes like a firework. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, just blew up all my hard work. Yeah, yeah, those that, that, that's just weird. And the lepre- the leprechaun is the same deal in the DLC. That's an even weirder Easter egg because that makes them all all the robots dance the the yeah. river the river dance. But yeah, but, uh, but at the end because yeah, it does nothing. Time it didn't yeah, we put time. it together and then we heard oh yeah thunder. We heard thunder and went oh that's it. That's like, it. Yeah, like that was very disappointing. I thought the leprechaun was going to dance. I was waiting for that. Yeah. When that didn't happen, I went, "Oh, it's not really worth it." 
And then when you told me later, why are my, why are all the robots dancing? Hmm, maybe it's because of the leprechaun. And now I'm a bit jealous that I didn't put it together. So I went back and you did it. Put it together. So yeah. you watched it, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a bit annoying because if you, every time you go back to get a different ending, you got to watch them dance like. <laughs> I had to watch them dance about five times. Yeah, and it's about a minute and a half. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, not, it's not short. Which again, sounds short until you're stuck there not being able to do anything yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Okay, so let's go on to the DLC then. Sure. Road to Gehenna. I think we were both pleased with the original game, the kind of vanilla Talos principle. But Road to Gehenna we felt a bit disappointed in. Is that valid? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm not going to say it's not worth playing. No. Because we certainly enjoyed quite a lot of it. But there are some issues with it. Let's start with the way they start as well. Much like the first game, you're just dropped into it with no tutorial. But in this case, you better have just played the first game because there is no beginner level in this one. It felt you were picking up right level-wise where the last one left off. Definitely, because you're given all the tools in one go. It's just, it, it, there's no, there's definitely no tutorials. Well, I mean, and I guess that's why it's DLC, not standalone. So it's um, they're assuming you need the original game to play this. So if you have the original game and then you went straight to play Road to Gehenna, then that would be a mistake. Definitely play the first game first. But yeah, I did. I mean, I, I I do love the game, but yeah, I did. I felt I was a little bit let down by. The, the DLC. One thing I, I will warn you: if you're listening to this and you're you've bought it, but you're a bit confused, um, it is in the original game. If you're looking at your Steam library, I had the problem where oh I, yeah, I had yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's in I the... installed it, and then it disappeared, and it disappeared actually into the game itself. It becomes part of the game itself. So just when you start it, you choose Talos Principle or Road to Gehenna. Yeah, it's in it's in your menu once you launch the main game. Yeah, which. That's the puzzle. That's puzzle in itself. Yeah, that was a puzzle in itself. So I, I didn't need that puzzle. That was the worrying <laughs> puzzle. I felt like yes, this game did pick up where the last one left off. But one of the things that really disappointed me was it didn't make a lot of use of again the time recorder. I wanted a bit more, and they're not much done with that in this one. And the carrying plate, it never didn't use it at all. At all. And so I felt a bit disappointed that if they're trying to say this is the next level, but we're not using everything that you've learned, it felt like something was missing. And I, I would have I would have liked to have seen even just one new thing, like one new tool to use. Yeah, and we didn't get that. But we got a whole bunch of other things that made me frustrated. <laughs> Talk about, I kind of, in very filling in the gaps fashion, I would like to talk about the story. Mm -hmm quickly there's not much it is an interesting concept we are from what i understand a different character we're one of the messengers from the original which is where we both got confused in the timeline yeah i'm still i, I mean i guess if we go online and, and read or, or watch some videos about it they'll explain it but they'll explain it but it's not in the game i really feel it, like it's that, not that's the thing the it's like i know we can look those things up i don't really enjoy doing that like, I, i'd rather it was an unfinished mystery in my own mind let me give you an example no idea when this will go up but it is october when we're currently recording this and in the u.s halloween is october so i tend to watch horror movies and i was watching puppet master which i really like and i was looking up the name of one of the puppets that I didn't know because he's just kind of there 
right at the beginning, and I think it appears one other movie down the line. I found this kind of wiki entry that gave this whole history of this puppet, and the thing is, it's not in the movies. So where they're getting it from, I don't know. There was a short-lived comic series. There are probably some other things, but where they're getting this history, even the name, even within the wiki entry, they're saying, oh, well, we're not, there's no proof that this is the actual need, need name citation. of the puppet. Yeah. yeah. This is, for me, the perfect example of filling in the gaps where if enough people write this somewhere, enough people believe this somewhere, it kind of becomes the canon, but it's not really the canon. And this game does very much that, where you could probably find people who have a very good theory, and that becomes the common theory, but we're not really told. So are we doing this before Talos Principle, which is what I thought it was, or are we doing this in the kind of split seconds? Because we don't know in the digital world that we are in if time is really important. This yeah. may be just as in Talos Principle, your character is about to become conscious in the real physical world. You have just enough time to try and save these other consciousnesses. I did like the idea of saving the other uh, consciousnesses uh, or robots, you would say. And they each had a different personality, which yep. was pretty good. Though you were a bit unhappy with the fact that they just took off every time we saved them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no thank you. No but there, thanks. But there is no speaking. Yeah. Typically in the game. So I didn't have a problem with that. I chased the first one all the way to the end. <laughs> yeah. I got a message from him. It was like, do not chase him. He doesn't thank you. And you just get a bit lost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, the, the story. Yeah. I have no idea. Like you said, if it's before, during, at any point during the Talos Principle, you said it could be a fraction of a second. Time is probably irrelevant. Or even if it's after we've succeeded in the end of the Talos Principle. There's information that points towards all of those answers. <laughs> yes. Though we did find it somewhat amusing. The Some of the personalities were trying to figure out what humanity was and trying to write stories based on what they knew and they were getting everything wrong constantly. I, I loved that. I thought that was really clever. It was amusing. But at the same time, it did bother me that some of them are meant to be really intelligent. And this is what we've got less of the human race and they're going to continue on in place of the human race. And they're not very bright. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't know how to just climb over a fence to escape. Yeah. That's kind of strange. They can jump off of, you know, 500 meter towers and survive, but they can't climb a fence. They can't climb a fence, no. Yeah. But yeah, no, that, that's true. That's, uh, they are a bit dumb. But that's kind of the, that's part of what I liked about them. They're, they're like, almost like kids. They're, they're, there's only like scraps of whatever fiction that they're reading. Obviously, the Jeff Gold, the Jeff, what is it? Uh, it was sort of meant to be Jeff Doctor Who Goldboom. mixed with like... Jurassic Park. Jurassic. I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Um, oh yeah, that was it. It was uh, it wasn't Jeff Goldblum because that's his actual name. It was like Harrison Goldblum. I don't know. They had some sort of combination yeah, where it was yeah. definitely Jeff Goldblum was meant to be part of the character. But I liked all that kind of stuff. I liked the the entry the entry that they they had about eating and like they have these places where you can go to eat food for energy and they have but you have to consume that and then you have to go to the toilet and they get rid of the. The waste, and they have the actual waste stations at the place that you eat the food to consume the energy in the first place. I just thought it was kind of funny. And the, yeah, a lot of the, like the, the fact that all the robots had personalities was kind of, it reminded me of Reddit. It was like, <laughs> and, and what I really, because we well, spoke Well, you about, also get ranked up 
or down. So yeah, you get ranked up and down. The quest is to get ranked up so that you can get into archives that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah, if you get like administrators uh, kind of privileges and stuff. What was kind of interesting that we noticed towards the end was that the people with the lower ranks were actually the, the most human ones, in a sense, for me anyway. Maybe that's what I took away from well, it. Well, you certainly found one of them to be the most trustworthy because there's a game... There's one thing that I really liked about the terminal. There were a number of games, uh, text-based, and one where you have to decide whether or not you're going to betray... It was the prisoner's dilemma, yeah. yeah. You found that one guy was definitely trustworthy, so he's the one, if he speaks, we should listen to him. I was kind of... I, that was... Maybe, again, that's me filling in gaps before it's even finished, but I was already thinking that, oh, we're going to have to make a choice of which person to trust... And so there was this guy, because I was always trustworthy in the Prisoner's Dilemma game, and I always kept on getting destroyed by them because they were all backstabbers. But this one guy who had the lowest ranking, and he was, because he always trusted them, I was like, okay, this is the guy that we need to talk to. This is the guy. Even though his ranking is like one, level one, he's the, he's the guy that we need to get out of here or something like that. But it never came. You've only got one choice at the end, and that's save the administrator. No, there are three. You can... Save the administrator, or save yourself, or save you can't either save one yourself. of you. Did you save yourself? I didn't save myself. Well, there is a way where you can get the administrator to save you in his stead. Oh, you're right. I did get that ending. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So much like the original Talos, I think there are three endings, and in this one there are three endings. So the endings in this one are nothing. You're just kind of told what happens. It's, it's not even... You, uh, get, well, you get like a quote, right? Like, it's a quote. The only... like Yeah, the, the other one was the administrator knocks you out of the way the terminal he takes over that's right and then you go and stand in that place and then you get beamed up the rapture at the end yeah, yeah. but yeah so what the the bad stuff then about the dlc i guess is the my whole this game is flawless thing kind of got crushed primarily right at the end so we had solved the section you know we haven't talked about one of the most frustrating things about the Talos principle in general, and that is the uh, Tetris puzzles. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> well, you're a lot better than those that, than I am as well. Yeah. I'm terrible but, at those. But they can be very frustrating, and it's it's like oh, this is what's stopping me from getting to the next section. That's one of the things I think with this game in general. So, the Tetris game, like I don't know, I've heard them referred to as like tangrams before, and just trying to make them fit was sometimes frustrating. In Road to Gehenna, messing up the prisoner's dilemma prevents you from getting to the next level rank up, which stops you from getting, well, it stopped me anyway at that point, from getting an archive that would have helped me progress the story. And there's a lot of these little things that if you don't get them, I mean, I guess you could reload a previous save. That is a nice function to the game, which allows you to go back to just before you got the ending you got and... It allows you to get all, all the endings, yeah. yeah. Without so that, having to replay the entire game. Yeah, that's good. Nice. I like that. What you were referring to before is the end of Road to Gehenna, where we have gotten all... Was it all the stars that we got that allowed us to see the... Oh, it wasn't to get into the administrator. We had to get into the island place, right? And there were another... What felt like another bonus. That was the sigils that we had to get. So we needed the stars to open the... We had to go on the islands, fly mm -hmm. around the islands, then we had to use the stars on the dome, which took us into the world, and then we had to get all the sigils from that world to open the door. Yeah, That's right. So 
once we got to the floating islands and we got in there, it felt like another bonus eight levels. It was, yeah. It was... And it was it was a nice concept, but I was running around like crazy going, I don't get what any of these are doing. And it really frustrated me for a long time. These were different for some reason. A lot of times they felt very different. And with all of them, all eight just looking at you, of course, I'm just going to run around until I see which one I think is easiest and give it a try first. But I did find those very frustrating. But part of why we found them frustrating, a couple of them seemed to cheat on the mechanics a little bit. And that is where we are not sure exactly what was going on there. If there is a function that we were unaware of before, but there is a... No, I checked that. They, mm. they, they only did that for that game. Okay. Which is really... Yeah, I... And not well, even you, you. You describe it because that's what you were just about to. T- talk not about. even that. Not even the whole game. It's not. It's, compl- like it's completely illogical. Yeah. Yeah. There. So we've talked before about connecting the light beams. You connect the source. You need a light cl- beam. You need to, a clear line of sight. Yes, and you connect it to a receptor of some kind, in which case you know a gate will open or a fan will turn on something important. Yeah. So oftentimes you have to con- use a connector to get from a light beam from the source to a receptor, which will open a gate or turn on a fan, something important. And you are not allowed to cross the streams, which I don't think they actually said that ever, but you and I were constantly saying that yeah. because we love Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you can't cross the streams. It doesn't work and it stops things from happening. But there were two levels there where we could stop the beam not by connecting it to or blocking it with another beam, but by blocking it with what would be a beam through a wall, which made zero sense to me. And I found very frustrating. It felt like it was cheating on everything it had taught us about the beams thus far. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, That was really annoying because, yeah, the entire game is you, you can't even beam the light through a vertical fence. So you can't even... Chicken wire, chicken wire stop, uh, stops everything from working. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's no holes, but yeah, it, for, for a, a laser beam, yeah, no, you can't do that. But then now it's saying, okay, but if you connect it and then it doesn't go through, but this invisible, like the trail of where it would be going, can now block another beam. That's yeah, that's completely unfair and n- not explained at any point. We found out by accident, and it's used a lot in that level. It's yeah. it's it's almost like instead of rather than giving you a new tool at the end, they gave you a new mechanic, which wasn't explained. And that's, yeah, that was quite unfair. But I would say, too, even earlier in the game, there was another time where... I, I say there were a couple times where maybe, again, we were doing it not the way it was intended, but sure. we somehow found a way to do it, where I was using a connector and attaching two power sources to it, but it would choose one power source over the other, and that somehow would allow me to get accomplished what I needed to get accomplished. But that, in my head, shouldn't happen. Because in other levels, if you have two sources going to the same connector, they just cancel out. I saw that. I, I also saw that on YouTube. It's like, it was the same level, I think. It was the one in the, the cloud level, yeah? I Where, think so. Um, and yeah, it, instead of blue and red, it turned his beam purple. And he could open the blue and the red no, with the same that, beam. That's not what I did. <laughs> but that, that would have been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, but again, yeah, that's, that's uh, I don't know, I felt a bit, uh, not cheating, but just, just like sloppy almost. I don't think, I don't know if they intended it to be that way. I guess that they did because those levels must be impossible to solve without that ghost connector part thing happening. I don't see how you could do it any other way. 
I, I don't know. How. And that, that's the case where... But, but at the same time, I also messed up some very simple concepts like, there too. Where before in, in, in Talos Principle, I was saying, yeah, everything happens for a reason. There's no such thing as a glitch. It's like everything has been programmed and this is... We're not cheating. We're doing this right. But with the DLC, I felt like we're gaming the system here. We're, we're cheating to get to the answer. Like we're using glitches to solve these puzzles and I don't think this is the right way. Again, maybe they're not, but from one of the, a couple of the ones that I've double checked on YouTube, absolutely, you you need to have that kind of glitch in place. Yeah. Uh, but see, that transfer in particular was the one that really bothered me because it again felt like this one where- Transfer worked for me because I, I did understand that. I got that one. It was the one that you solved the tri uh, trivia. <laughs> oh, and that, blew, that, that blew my mind. See, that's what I gotta say is that is by far, I. I don't know if I want to say it's my favorite out of all of them, but that was probably my favorite out of the DLC for sure. So there is an earlier level called Ray Test, where it, it is just deceptively complicated because it looks simple, but it's not because everything you do seems to get in the way of something else you're trying to do. And it's only about connectors and light beams and it was very frustrating. But once I figured it out, I was very happy. And so Ray Trivia was that, but much harder. Yeah. And for me, having done Ray Test and then Ray Trivia came up, uh, I just found I f I, frustrating. Like yeah. it took me a long time to figure it out, but I sent you a picture. Your drawing was right. Yeah, so I very early on, this was the first one of those eight where I finally felt I was ready for this one and it didn't feel like something was missing. This was the first time where I felt the game had given me a level earlier and this was the next step. It had trained me for this level and I could see the ending. I could see a way to set it up so that it would work. In this case, I was frustrated not by everything. I was only fr I could see the answer. And for me, that is the best time in a puzzle game. And I was so excited because I knew the answer. I just didn't know how to solve it. I didn't know how to get from step A to C, like B was bothering me, right? But I knew there was a way. And then I was struggling for ages. And then annoyingly, you came on and you, you solved it kind of just before me, I think. So. <laughs> and I was like, oh, why did I send him that picture? Because now you got it. But uh, yeah, I, I had the picture down and I knew what I wanted. And that felt pretty amazing. In fact, like, I normally didn't draw them out. Though a number of times I probably should. It might have made it a bit easier. But I drew it out knowing this is what I need to get to. How do I get to this? That was so weird though as well. It was a few... When was that? It was like after we'd finished and I was looking at the reviews because I never read the reviews before I play something. But uh, I read a review on like, Kotaku, I think. And the guy who reviewed it had drawn the exact same picture of the exact same level that you sent me days before. I sent, I think, I sent you the yeah. the screenshot. It's like well, it's, it I, wasn't, I, it wasn't exact because there's a mistake it, in that one. It wasn't the same, it was the same <laughs> which is yeah, which is so weird because as soon as I saw it, I went, mm, that won't work. Like, yeah. <laughs> but that's how well. That what an one, amateur. That's how well I knew that that level just worked for me and so yeah. and I mean out of all of the levels that there could have been person decided to draw a picture of and put it online it's the exact same level that's bizarre that's such a coincidence visually though again sorry this is maybe jumping no, back no no go right ahead visually I thought Road to Gena was really pretty to look at especially the the aqueduct level um, yeah though I, I don't find it prettier than the regular game I think just the, the game in general is really pretty mm -hmm. It looks amazing. It has some really good aesthetics. I mean, it's 
some of the background stuff is not always the highest graphics or highest resolution, at least not the way I was playing it, but I don't need that. Like oh, for me, for me, the aesthetic is much more important than how many pixels I can shove into something. And they've done a very good job of this, but you said that it looks exactly like it's really, It looks Sam, a lot right? like the screenshots I've seen from Serious Sam, like especially the Egypt level. It mm. looks like they've just taken it and cut and pasted it, obviously, and made it look look prettier but it's really really similar but there was one thing that you said that really cracked me up when i was like okay i was watching your broadcast and i was trying to take you through to get to the portal easter egg and then you okay jump over here get in there okay now get up there and jump in there and then you saw the turret and the turret speaking to you it's like oh that's cute and then you're just like wow look at this sand (laughs) (laughs) this sand is so pretty (laughs) it just looks amazing like it does look really cool yeah it looks brilliant some of the stuff, when you look at it up close, it's just done really well. It looks like what it's supposed to look like. And that really got me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't, overall? Overall, obviously, I'm a huge fan of the, the main game. I would definitely recommend playing the DLC, but it just wasn't as good for me. But no, I, I honestly thought the original game was pretty much flawless for me um i really really enjoyed it yeah the dlc like you said it didn't really set it up to give you any tutorials it added a lot of kind of really next level hard puzzles this kind of sloppy mechanics of the the connector cancelling each other out was annoying yeah i mean even even with all that still a good game still still fun to play and i'm kind of glad that it wasn't just more of the same as well so i mean if it was the same level of difficulty then we're just like plowing through it this is yeah it's okay but it's just the same then we'd be completely that it was too similar and too easy what we were going to talk about as well was the crater and that was so Uh, hard yeah actually um (laughs) but looking back looking back it is actually a really good level i mean it's it's really nice to look at again very pretty level very very complicated and not one of those like oh it's easy but it's really difficult it looks easy but it's really hard it looked difficult (laughs) i looked into that hole and was like nope i'm not going in there until the the yeah i think you kind of we were late (laughs) late in the evening and you sent me a message saying no i'm done (laughs) I'm looking at that and I'm done. And I I went down and looked at it and went, I don't think it's as bad as you think. It it looks more extreme than it really is. But it was a better part of two hours to maybe three hours to solve that. That was quite complicated. And then I got stuck on the fan. Oh, like yeah, I was, you solved I was, it and then you... I was bouncing back and forth between the fans because I accidentally jumped onto the fan instead of putting the, the box. Fix box there. And then I found out later that there's actually a lever, I guess, that I could have somehow hit and stopped myself from. So they had anticipated that because yeah. I was a bit frustrated that they hadn't anticipated that. Uh, but for... what about yourself then? What do you... What's what's your final verdict? It's definitely worth playing. I, I found especially some of the star stuff to be really complicated and really a bit beyond what I felt maybe it should be but I had you there to help me so much like any puzzle game it's more fun to have a friend on the same level as opposed to someone who's going to spoil it for you on Mm. the internet story-wise I love the concept of the story but I think that with both stories that this is a story that's kind of designed for us to fill in the gaps which is not terrible Uh, it's more bringing up concepts and bringing up discussion points than it is about telling you specifically their viewpoint and that's not that's not completely bad like something that's set up for that however it's not quite as enjoyable for me because I like stories with beginning middle and end and we kind of got that but there's a lot of in between that I felt wasn't really explained like why were they banished in the first place 
Yeah, and, in and the then, DLC, yeah. Why, then, why, what did they do wrong? Yeah, what did they do wrong for a start? And then, so what's unexplained is what did they do wrong in the first place to get banished? And then why did he change his mind? Yes. Why did why did uh, Elohim change his mind and get you to go in there to save them? Uh, it doesn't really, that didn't that, that that part didn't make any sense for me. It's like, because surely you've made your decision. Why would you feel the need to... Unless the whole point was for me to go there and, you know, he was hoping that I would destroy it myself, which is kind of what I did. <laughs> so maybe maybe that was his plan all along, was I'll pretend that I'm sending you in on a, on a, a mission to protect and save and uh, keep everything for posterity. But actually, I'm secretly hoping that you destroy it all. It's a, I'm not really sure. I, I appreciate it for what it is, but I also see it for what it is. So it's not the... If you want a bit of philosophy and interesting concepts then this is a good story for you if you're into puzzle games that use lots of these kind of tools and mechanics that we've talked about then obviously i would recommend that to anyone who likes that kind of game this is just a pretty solid game and even the dlc is outside of a few levels is pretty solid and worth playing if you like puzzles it might actually make sense again this is this is me filling in the gaps for sure it might make sense actually this DLC is taking part as we are destroying the tower in the game because maybe that's what the two kind of he realizes that we're coming up the tower mm-hmm. he sends this guy in like look this guy's coming he's going to destroy the whole system which is what mm-hmm. we do get those guys those prisoners that I've exiled grab as many as you can because we're all we're this guy's going to set us all free and this program's going to end. So maybe maybe that's what's happened. Like maybe it's happening as we are at that final part of the tower and remember all the graphics because it's the, kind of the same graphics in the end, isn't it? It's like the whole... Everything being destroyed. It's like all the data's being corrupted and yeah. stuff. It's maybe, definitely... I mean, that's what we were saying before. Yeah. We didn't know if it was just before or just after. Yeah, it might make sense that it's happening like, at the same in, in tandem. That, that would explain why it's a different character as well. Could be. Um, I don't know if that adds anything more to it for me because I assumed it was either just before or just after. So if it's at the same time, <laughs> I mean, what if he's what if he's wrong and we don't actually solve it? But I will say that it is a game for puzzles. It is a game for exploration, and that's good. And it had a really interesting. The main game has a really interesting final level that. I thought was, it felt like a great culmination of the end. It was kind of a linear puzzle where there's one character trying to stop you yeah. and frustrating you and one character trying to help you, which I sent you a message because I tried it just before you did, saying you need to read these two messages because they'll help explain what's going on because I thought it was the same one. Why is why is this guy helping me and also stopping me? <laughs> I didn't realize there were two of them at the same time. Yeah. Psychotic robots. Yeah. Or thinking that he, they were both trying to help me, but I was confused by the one. And then you, you quite quickly were like, no, this guy is a jerk. Why is he stopping me from going where I need to go? There's a guy who did, I think I sent you that. I don't know if you watched it. There's a playthrough. A guy finishes the tower in four or five minutes without the help of any of the robots. He doesn't even set, oh, the, I saw he doesn't that, yeah. even set the first one free to help yeah. him. He just does the whole tower himself. That's part of the genius of that game for sure. It's like, there are so many solutions even the final most difficult puzzle is like, nope, I don't need any of you guys' help. Like, I'm doing this all on my own. And I kind of suspect that was not actually planned. I think that this guy just found a way around it. And apparently there's a couple different solutions. Oh, because really? in the in the description of that video he says, Yeah, I have seen the other guys way that he solved it mine is a little bit different we only do one thing the same or something wow and i was like but that's for me i finished the game i was done i was happy (laughs) 
I am not going to try to break the game further to see just how far I can take it. But I can understand the appeal of that. And some people, yeah, some people love to do that. That's for sure. So I would say regular game, definitely. DLC on sale is yeah. what I would say. Yeah. But I'm glad I played both of them. And when, I, it, and when it isn't frustrating, it's also quite a relaxing game, I think. The music yeah. and the sound effects are quite nice. And as long as the puzzles aren't too difficult, or if you just want to yeah, wander around and explore, it's, it's, a, it's a nice game. But Portal fans too, for sure. That was, that was what drew me to it because well, I don't know if they drew me they don't feel like enough of this kind of game yeah for sure but also when I first saw this game on Steam I watched the video for it and I was like oh this is just a portal ripoff they're just using the companion cube and it's I really I it put me against it it wasn't until one of my friends said you like portal yeah yeah okay you should play the Talos principle uh, I, it took me months to eventually download it and and buy it and yeah no i'm glad that he recommended it because it's it's awesome but yeah still still not as good as portal nothing, no. n- nothing will be as good as portal <laughs> i think that's just that's the benchmark that that should just be what it says in the description <laughs> not <laughs> as Steam. good as portal <laughs> no i i think i think the the portal the portal description just be like yeah not, nothing is as good as this game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except for maybe the second one <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh yeah so i think we're both in agreement. this was fun this was good uh some clunky bits in the dlc but otherwise if they have another dlc i'll i'll definitely be on it i'll buy it yeah i think i probably will too but mostly again because there's not a lot like this out there gaps filled or more gaps created